So I hope you can hear me. You know, I had someone say to me, every time you get up, you point to the worship. Actually, I had a few people say that to me. It's because our worship is our response to God. He's all, every word we sing, he's already spoken over us. It's already written in our heart. It's already in our DNA. And we're simply responding. And when it's hard to respond, it's because sometimes God's bringing something to the light. He wants to bring hidden things to the light. Today is one of those days. He wants to bring hidden things to the light, that they are made manifest, that they are made light. They're healed. We have things sometimes in closed rooms of our hearts. And I really believe that our worship is our, our yes to God. We heard it. We actually heard about changed minds just a second ago. And our, our, our worship is our bowing down. It's our surrender to receive. And God said, I'm bringing waves of mercy. And so there's different seasons, as that chaos seasons that God moves in. And we have seasons in our life. We have spring, summer, winter, fall, fall, winter. And so God, we get that every year. So every year, God is doing something in our lives for us to grow more. We have to recognize those, those seasons. We have to recognize what, what is God doing in my life in this season? And to recognize our seasons are all different in this room. That someone could be in a valley of darkness. Someone could be in the winter of a womb. Someone could be in a hot, dry place of summer. Someone could be just falling back and trusting God, a fall back just to trust his love. And there's people that are running forward. They're being forged with faith forward, and that's their season. And so we can really misunderstand each other, and we can miss what God is doing in other people's hearts. And we have to understand when people come into this place, that sometimes they're seedlings. And seedlings can be easily trampled on. We need to protect the seedlings. We need to protect, and sometimes your heart can be in a place of being a seedling, seedling because you've been mortally wounded in a past season and God's saying, I'm bringing it to the light because I want to heal that. I want to surround you with safe people. I want to tell you really who you are. So God's saying, I'm bringing waves of mercy and it's actually going to be like a flood. It's going to be like a tsunami. It's going to come in and any place God has given us he gives us chances again and again and again to bring judgment to the light, accusation, to bring anything that we would have to blame people for where we're at. Because that's just kind of the natural way of man, right? But he doesn't want us to live there. He wants us to live receiving mercy every day. And I can guarantee you that every day you need mercy for you. It's new every morning. You need it for your family. You need it for your church family. You need it where you work because you need him. You need him. There's no forgiveness without God. We can try to do it, but we try to fake it. But sooner or later, it just ugly comes out, right? And you're like, man, I, I haven't forgiven that person. Or I haven't forgiven myself. You know, and so mercy brings you to the place where you like yourself. That you like yourself right where you are in your journey. That you like yourself with your weaknesses even, your faults, your flaws. Shattered, we sang, God picks up all the broken pieces. Sometimes there's broken pieces that God wants to put back together. But guess what? He has to expose them first. Because sometimes we're so strong. We're just, especially women. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to feed the family. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it all right. And we, our self-strength doesn't make the way for the rain of mercy and grace to soak the ground. And that's what worship is. 
we're just, you know, you, you can sing or you don't have to sing. Just receive. Because God wants to pour into you. And sometimes we don't like certain kinds of worship because it's just not your thing. Dan, Dan doesn't like really slow worship soaking music. He wants to put on some hell-burning fire music. He wants to, he wants to, uh, you know? And so that's the kind of music he likes. That's not really my music. And so, but you know what? God's going to bring you to the place where you're going to get exposed to every kind of worship. And it's not whether or not you want to judge it or you don't like it. Just say, well, my opinion is it's not my thing. But God, you're here. And I brought your presence into this room. So I just want to, I want to receive you and I want to pour you out to people in this room. You haven't just come here to receive. You've come to pour out. God says, I'm in both and. I'm in the church and I'm in home groups. I'm in your family. But I don't want you to come here like a closed system. He said, I don't want closed system. I don't want you closed when you come in. I want you, even if it's just a smile, even if it's a touch, even if it's hello. Because God showed me in the, in the foyer one weekend that I saw someone with this great big welcome sign. And I saw it in the spirit. And I thought, well, that was, that was kind of hilarious because it was bigger than her. And it said welcome. And I'm like, what a beautiful heart. And then God just started giving me words for her. And then the next week, I saw everybody in here with this welcome sign. And I was like, wow, that's who we are. Welcome to the love of daddy. Welcome to mercy. Welcome to this place where you're safe. We want to make this place safe. But you know what? Sometimes there's misunderstandings. Sometimes there are things that happen that we don't feel safe. We don't feel love. But God says, I want to heal those places. And so sometimes you just have to make some boundaries. God says, it's okay to make boundaries until, until you can face those things. And then what happens when you actually face them? They don't overcome you anymore. The breakthrough is within you. Old covenant mindset is, God, come save me from that person. <laughs> and so we pray nicely for them. <laughs> Is it nice? I don't know. So we pray for them, right? And so, no, God's not saving you from any person. He's saving you from yourself. He, he wants to love you. He's saving you that you can't love yourself because I'm receiving their unloving nature. They're, un, they're not loving to me. They're not, they're not caring for me. They're not making me safe. And God says, it's not about them. This is about you and me right now. Let me love you. So I'm not going with my notes at all. So anyways, oh, Lord, help me here. Um, so, you know, God, this mercy, I put a, uh, it's a mercy package of actually chocolates. And last week, uh, God had a prophetic word about mercy. And then my daughter-in-law, who didn't even know that I gave the prophetic word, um, came over with these chocolates that say mercy on them last night because I'm preaching on mercy. And I said, did you know that you're prophetic? Because that's how I pray. My sons and daughters prophesy. It's not, oh God, please get them to prophesy. Oh God, please make them prophesy. No, my sons and my daughters prophesy. Because I do. They're my inheritance. And so this goes to, the righteousness goes to a thousand generations. Prophecy will go to a thousand generations, which means it'll never end. It's forever and ever. It's totality. It's every generation is going to prophesy. Why? Because they're going to hear God, and then they're going to speak life. So she spoke life to me by sending me chocolate says mercy on it's God saying because you know what when I put a message together I'm always I'm like a ping pong ball and I'm like oh Jesus I need help no I need I seriously I need help like when I hear Jesse can put a message together in one morning I'm like 
Why can't I? Why am I? Oh, and then I change it. Oh, then I change it again. And then I change it again. This is my Jesus. You want to know how to pray for me? This is my Jesus. Help me pray. Because you know, like a woman's brain, I don't know if you've ever heard that talk. Like a guy just has one thought in their brain. They just have that one thought. That's all they're thinking about, you know. And the woman, she has her, her brain is scattered. And it's just like, la, 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 la. Well, that's my brain. Because we were, we were driving one day down a hill. And Dan said, what do you think? And I looked at him and I thought, are you kidding? I just had a hundred to the top of the hill to the middle of the hill. What am I thinking? Because I thought of this and then that made me think of that and then that made me think of that. And, and it's like my brain's a ping pong. And so God is saying mercy, mercy even to my brain. And God is saying he speaks in different ways. And so this is a different way of God speaking to me because he knows what I needed to hear. And I love when God speaks to creation. There was a season that where we had a really, really hot summer one time and dragonflies showed up our place we have no standing water it is like 40 degrees outside and we get all these dragonflies and so i would drive into where i park in front of my house and i'd get out and sometimes they would come right to my window and just stare at me <laughs> and, I, and i'm like okay god you're speaking to me and then i'd get out of the car and there they are just looking at me and i'm looking at them i'm like okay god what are you speaking to my heart they re they talk about change so then i went into a a month's time of spending time with the god saying what's the change because he shares the secrets of his heart he shared with people before covid he shared in this house before covid be still and know that i am god i will be exalted in the nations i will be exalted in the earth he spoke before the ukraine be still and know that i am god I'm merciful, I'm good, and I'm greater. I'm greater than he that's in the world. I'm greater than the evil that's in the world. But he needs a company of believers who believe that. Do you believe it? See, we've been preoccupied. Our brains have been preoccupied because they've been occupied by what we see and hear. We've heard a lot of noise. We've heard a lot of bad stuff. And so this is an Ephesians time, Ephesians church time. It's just to get back to your first love. Forget about everything that's wrong. You're probably 100% right but you can leave your first love. So God says, I'm bringing waves of mercy. So be that ground that just soaks up his mercy. Because when you receive his mercy, you're a force to be reckoned with. You're a weapon of mercy now, wherever there's judgment. If there's judgment in you or in your family or in the Kootenays, guilty of mercy. Mercy is tracked over judgment. In this house, for every single person, on every single face, mercy has triumphed over judgment. You're free. You're free to be loved. You're free. You're free. So the God, that's how God speaks to me, through signs, wonders, and miracles, and through things like that. This is a sovereign move of God. I am bringing waves of mercy. So your response is, thank you. I receive. I receive. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to try to figure it out. You don't have to try and do it. You can't do mercy. How's that working for you? I tried to do mercy with the person I, I judged. I've done, I did that with Dan once. I forgave him and I was like, I need to forgive him. That, that was ugly of me. And so I forgave him. And then Dan say, said something to me and the volcano went. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, that wasn't mercy. <laughs> I didn't forgive him. I just went through the motions of doing the right thing. You know, and ugly was still there. And so God, I needed God. I needed the love of God so that I could respond to somebody and forgive them for what the way that I thought I was misunderstand, the injustice, the hurt, the pain. And so there's a divine exchange taking place and we're going to celebrate the cross and we should celebrate it every day. We should look to Jesus every day on the cross and remember the price he paid.
He is the most merciful lamb of God. He gives you mercy new every morning. Why do you need mercy new every morning? Because you do. Because you could judge yourself, judge someone else, judge God. I need you. He is substance. Mercy isn't a nice little word that we get this nice little definition and then we speak it. That's, that's like a Jesus bobblehead on your car dash. Oh. It won't work. It won't work. You are the substance of mercy. When you get saved, Jesus enters you. The DNA of your father is in you. He activates the DNA of your very bones. Dry bones come alive. A dry place is judgment. Accusation, blame. Oh, that's a dry place in me. Oh, I need rain. He rains on the just and the unjust. I'm being unjust here, but he's going to rain on me. So we point to other people and we say, they're the unjust. Well, if we're carrying judgment and accusation and blame, we're the unjust in that moment. But he says, here I am for you. I change not. You can't change me. I'm mercy today for you. It's new. That's what makes a new day. You want a new day? You want change? You want things to change? Receive his mercy. Let him love you. Just let him love you. Forget about what everyone else is doing. Just let him love you. We, we sing it, right? That's why these words, this surrender, these songs of surrender, they're just bowing down. I know my need. I need you. I need you. I really, really need you. And so when you bow down and he lifts you up, you see his smile. You see that whether you are, like I didn't get saved till I was 40, God still speaks to me about judgment. I believe that the day before I die, God's going to tell me about something that I, I don't see the way he sees it. I don't think the way that he sees about that person or that thing. But I'm okay with that because I don't condemn myself anymore. There's no condemnation. His mercy's new every morning. He's good. Mercy triumphs over judgment. All I know is deeper still. <laughs> One day before I die, it'll be just another day of deeper still. I surrender. Where does God go? To the low places. He goes to the low places. So just surrender. Just, you know, we don't, we're not fighting the devil. We're not resisting the devil. Oh, I've got to get up today and resist the devil. Forget it. He loves that. You're just submitting. You're surrendering to love. Here I am. I let you love me. I, need, I know I want to love you more today than yesterday. And I want to love you more tomorrow than today. I can't do that. I can't love myself more today than yesterday. I can't love myself more tomorrow than today without him because he is the substance in me. He's given me a new DNA. I'm a new creation. I'm born of heaven, born of my father, born of the spirit, born of light. My father's light. I am light. Oh, I judge myself. Doesn't change that I'm light. Oh, I judge somebody else. I'm still light but I'm increasing every day. So the cross is all about this divine exchange. Go to Isaiah 61 and put a demand on God's love for that exchange. Oil of joy for mourning. Don't be the church that mourns. Be the church, be the bride that's full of joy. The only way I can do that is presenting myself. You notice a lot of our songs didn't say, here I am, they said, here we are. Oh, that's a prophetic statement, let me tell you. Because we come in as here I am, because that's how we are before God in our private time, in our communion, in our talking to him, and in our prayer time, the receiving, the back and go flow. But when we come in here, we're we. 
we are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. If you don't like the toe or the foot, don't stomp on it. <laughs> Just say, I think that foot's a little smelly, Lord. Could you help me? Could you help me? My heart needs, here's my heart. I've, ha I've had to, I've gone to prayer meetings where I'm an encourager. And every word of encouragement on the ground because it would not be received. And I have someone say, no, that's not true. No, God, you know, God's going God's to get that person and they're going to know the wrath of God and judgment's going to come on them. And I, I left that prayer meeting and I was beating the steering wheel all the way home. Oh, what's the matter with them? And I got home and I'm like, this is my issue. It's not them. I'm frustrated. You pour out bread, you pour out wine, but doesn't mean that that's the right time for the other person. It might be another person they need. Just keep pouring out, pouring out the bread and giving bread, giving life, giving the bread of heaven, giving as it is in heaven, giving wine, give the cup of the spirit, give because that's resurrection life. When I pray for people, I expect them to come alive. I expect a dead place to come alive. I expect a resurrection. I expect whatever is keeping them down that they shall rise up from. That's what prayer is all about. It's seeing the DNA. It's seeing God in them. It's seeing how precious they are. Because when you worship God and you see his face, you get a revelation of how precious you are. So then you turn around and you go, I want to give that away. I want people to know how precious they are how wonderful they are, how much he cares on their worst days. If they're in the toilet, it doesn't change his mind. If they're in a pit, if they're in a miry clay, David said, oh, I found Jesus in the pit. I'm in the miry clay. He lifted me up out of it. Why? Because he turned and saw Jesus. God's not saying, oh man, let's go have a prayer meeting about that miry clay that so-and-so's in. And God's going, no, I'm in that with them. I'm in the fire with them. I'm with them. I'm in their valley. I am with them. So they do not fear. So they do not fear. So I just really believe that God is bringing this mercy. And it's up to you, though. Like, he won't violate your will. God won't make you um, receive him. He won't make you... He's such a gentleman. And so your wilderness can be this long or your wilderness. I didn't get saved till I was 40. So guess how long my wilderness was? 40 years. <laughs> and so even then, he brought me out of Egypt into the wilderness to get Egypt out of me. And I'm like, this is a never-ending story. I don't like this. <laughs> You're getting the spirit of the world out of me. And not only that, I was born religious. Because I was born to be such a good person, to please everybody. And God says, you weren't born to please everybody. You weren't born to be a good person. You were born as a son or daughter of God. And that's what the wilderness does. It gets rid of that orphan mindset so that you awaken that you are a son or daughter of God. My papa really loves me. God really loves me. And if you can't say, Father, God's okay with that because he'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the mother heart of God. He'll give you himself to a safe breast he'll give you himself to nourishment and nurse, nurturing and trust and you're safe sometimes all people need is a safe place that they can trust people to love them unconditionally that they are fully accepted when you come in this place it's not whether somebody fully accepts you it's not whether someone fully loves you when you go home it's the same when you go to work it's the same it's you and God and he fully accepts you in the beloved. 
in the kingdom of the son of his love. That's an awakening. That's a heart that opens up and sees, wait a minute, even if someone's unloving to me, God loves me. Even when I don't like myself, God loves me. He won't change. He changes not. So I just really feel like um, this is a time of testimonies. And I'm really thankful that people have given their testimonies here. Well, I'm going to leave it on the first one. I'm really thankful for people that come in and share their heart. I just, um, I didn't ask you permission, Angel, but I'm going to talk a little bit about your testimony. Is that okay? Okay. Um, she put her testimony into a video. I get so excited when people share in this church. I don't, I, you never hear me share at the end because I want to hear everybody. How, and I hear this person, oh, that's the drop of Jesus. And I hear that person, oh, that's another drop of Jesus. Then I hear somebody else, that's another drop of Jesus. And we bring all our little drops together and we can't even get a full picture of Jesus in this room. If we brought all the churches and the Kootenays, we still couldn't get a full picture, could we? But we're all bringing our little drop. We're all, we're all Jesus with skin on. We're all bringing mercy. You're fully accepted. You're fully loved. Starts with me first, right? Starts with me first. So when I have that, there's a breakthrough out of me, a river, that when I show up in anybody's life, they're going to know that they know that they know. They're fully loved. They're fully accepted. And so we've had vulnerable testimonies where people get up and they talk about forgiveness. And they, they talk about, when we, when we talk about our sins and we confess our sins before others, there's healing for everybody in the room. That's called being a vulnerable church. That's called, I'm not ashamed of myself. That's called, I know who God is. He's merciful and he's forgiving. So I'm going to share where I was. We need those testimonies. We need people to share the places they, where they've been stuck, where the toilet they've been in, where the pit they've been in, so that everybody can hear. There are tragic stories in this room. Do you know that? And I'm telling you, when I hear their stories, I hear the triumphant God because but God. And I, I'm stunned. I look at them. And, I'm, and I see, I can see with their countenance what God's done in their lives because they just surrendered. They surrendered their hearts and their souls. And so when someone gives a testimony, it really means to God, God's saying, I'm going to do it again. Will you just receive the testimony? Don't let anybody's testimony become familiar to you. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. No, do it in me. Whatever of that, whatever in that testimony that needs to be in my heart, I want that seed so I can have a testimony of how great God is. And so Angel talks, shared her, her video, and it really was, uh, it was about God's embrace in a place of surrender. And she was completely transformed in that moment of a life-threatening moment where her life was probably, she, you know, a person could have said, I think I'm going to die, and my life passed before me. But in that moment, God showed up and transformed her. And her confession became what she spoke. I believe, therefore I speak. And she said, I can trust him now. So every time in the future when fear comes, she can go back to that and say, I, tr I trusted you then and I didn't even know I needed to trust you. I didn't know that was going to happen, but you showed up. And I can trust you today and I can trust you tomorrow. She said, I'm completely and totally healed. You are. You're the fullness of Christ and he is healing you. You're fully healed. You're fully saved. You're saved. You're being saved and you will be fully saved. She said, I know I'm part of something greater. That's the we. 
That's the family of God. And then she said this, and this is key. This is key when I, I listen to people's testimonies. And I, I listen to what God did in them and what their confession is. And, and did they meet Jesus in it? Or they, were they, because a, a, a wilderness testimony is God delivered me. Hallelujah. And he will do that again and again and again and again and again. But it's still an orphan mindset. The deliverer lives in you. You're the breakthrough your family needs. It's got to break out from in you, mercy and grace. Jesus is full of mercy and grace. You are full of mercy and grace. It's just growing, that's all. Just let it grow. And so she said, this is key. There's so much power in the ability to turn inwards and learn how to lean on God. That's what soaking's about. That's what prayer's about. Christ in me, my hope of glory. I'm his temple. He lives in me. When I'm in the toilet, he, he's in me. When, I, when I'm, uh, sorry, that's one of my favorite sayings to people that I'm counseling because I used to say I was a toilet jumper. Like, like I didn't go to God for help. I jumped in the toilet. You know, and they put guardrails up mountains because you're going up the mountain of the Lord because you're going to meet him face to face and you love him and you're going up and you're flying. And then something would happen to me and never mind the guardrail, I would drive off the mountain. <laughs> Crash. You, so, you, why? Because there were strongholds. But God says, I've come to be the stronghold of Christ in you. I've come to be the mind of, I've given you my mind. You have the mind of Christ. Those were things where I didn't have the mind of Christ. So I would crash. So whether you call it a pit, I called it a toilet, where you, whether you call it miry clay, whether you call it you're just feeling hopeless, you have, you, have, you have no hope for the future. It's just all the same place. I can guarantee you, you took Jesus there. He never leaves you or forsakes you. You just got to turn and find him there. Just discover him. Let him. Let his mercy come to you. And she talked, Angel talked about, it's our access and connection to our heavenly father through his son, Jesus. And she said she'd suffered many spiritual deaths. Hallelujah. Many things got nailed to the cross and many things more will get nailed to the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you taught her what to nail to the cross. I want to die to that because I want to live for Christ. I want Christ to live in me. Live is love is victory every time. Live. I'm going to live today. I'm going to be fully alive today. God came to give me life and life abundance. I'm going to live. I'm going to live today. I'm going to choose life. It's, lots of times it's, I'm going to choose it when I'm depressed. I'm going to choose it when hopelessness knocks on the door. I'm going to choose it when I see fear. When I look at the government and I look at the nations and I look at COVID. We've come out of COVID. But in that time that was be still and know him. If you didn't get that one-on-one -on -one with him, he says right now, he never stops. I'm bringing waves of mercy. So you can get that one-on-one. -on -one. And so really her testimony was talking about, I don't read about Jesus. I don't have some nice quotes on my fridge about Jesus. I don't pray nice words about Jesus. I had an experience. I had an encounter. Forever changed me from the inside out. And every time in the future something like that tries to come, I'm going to remember I, I didn't know that was going to happen and God showed up. So he's, he's not shocked about anything that happens to you or in your future. He's there. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is your future. Don't, there's no hopelessness in the future because he changes everything for good. His thoughts are for good for your future. We look at our future and we think our past defines it cycles. We think, well, that defines my future. No, 
He is giving you a new heart and a new spirit. He's rewriting over your story. It's his story. God told me I'm a history changer. Where anybody today's history tries to define their future, what has happened to them tries to define their future, or even who they are today, God says, I'm rewriting that. I'm rewriting that story because it's my story. And I'm going to visit them today to heal the place called then that tried to define them, give them a label, tell them who they're not. Everything tries to tell you who you're not. Everything is about who you are. I am a son or daughter of God. I am a child of God. I am love. Look at all the I am's that Jesus says and say, wait a minute, that's my inheritance and that's my portion. I want my portion. I want to believe my portion. I want to know that I know that I know. You can't change my mind. This is who God is. His DNA is in me. I'm just simply growing. So be kind to yourself. So she, her portion was that she had peace. It wasn't a piece she read about. It wasn't a scripture. It wasn't a definition. It wasn't some knowledge. She had an experience, a revelation of peace because she had an experience that she had an encounter. Jesus showed up. God showed up for her. When you, have an, when you have a revelation of Jesus Christ in you or he, who he is to you, and then you experience and you encounter him, you become that revelation. Do you know that? Did you hear the video? That was peace. That was peace, soothing. I listened to it like 12 times. That's her testimony. Everybody in this room has testimonies. Your testimonies are so important. <clears throat> I don't know how much time I have here, but I want to be careful. But um, Daryl shared his story. I hope you don't mind, Daryl. Can I share a little bit? Thank you. I didn't ask for permission. Thank you. This is a merciful house. <laughs> he said, my mind has changed about my father. The mind of Christ came to him. God gave him love for his father. Now that's the opposite of the word. The word says, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers. I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers first. Sometimes the fathers and the mothers are too broken, but all it takes is one person in the family to stand. Do you know how many testimonies I've heard like this? And do you know what they get? Those people that stand, they get a double portion. Because they stood opposite to the word of God that says the heart of the father should turn to the children first. And the child turned to the heart of the father in heaven. So their heart would be turned to their natural father. God gives them a double portion. So that's your testimony. That's what you're going to give to other people. You're going to so understand their pain and their trauma, their losses. Just, but you're going to connect them. You're going to put their hand in the hand of the father. See, you can't read the word and make it a little box. Now God only does that. No. Take a stand. Be the one. Be the one in your family. Be the one in this church. You showed up here to make a change in this church. You showed up here to be the difference here. You showed up to be the solution. If I show up only to judge or blame or, or find fault, I might as well go home, watch a movie, and eat popcorn. I talk to God like that. I do. If you don't give me your heart, I'm going to go home, watch a movie, and eat popcorn. I do. I talk to him like that. I, if you're going to be embarrassed by me, if I, can't, if I can't be a revelation of Jesus Christ, if I can't bring your love and your mercy, your truth, your grace, your light, if I can't be you, I want to go home. 
So I just, I just show up, and that's, that's how we show up in people's lives. And so part of, part of Daryl's testimony was, is that, is that he invited God in. He invited God in. That changed his whole life. Changed his whole life. He invited God into his mess. Invite God into your wounds. Invite God into where your pain is. Invite God in to where you've been judged. Invite God in where you haven't been loved. Invite him in. And you know what the end of all that is? You know what the testimony is? I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. Only Christ in you, only God in you could say that. I believe, therefore I spoke. I refuse to be a victim. I'm telling you, I know people with insidious testimonies. Abomination testimonies. But they let God in, the most merciful Lamb of God, who gave his life, gave himself for you, that you won't live there, that you won't die there, that that doesn't define your life. He came, so invite him in. I'm not playing the victim, Daryl said. Hallelujah. Because you know what? You can play, I want the attention. You can play, um, you can play actually into the enemy's hand and become a victim and and walk down the path of self-pity. It's a choice. But with all your pain standing there and making a choice, I am not going to be the victim. And then God comes in and you really can say with all faith and all truth, I am not the victim. I'm not going to feel like a victim. Wherever you've been wounded, wherever you've been sinned against, whatever the atrocity is, God's going to heal your feelings and your emotions so that you're not living in the feelings of those wounds. I don't feel like a victim. That's amazing. Only God can do that. You can't do that. You can't, well, I'm going to pretend. No, I don't feel like a victim. Feelings are very important. Don't bypass Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is spiritual feelings and emotions. We, get, we hang on to the ones of Egypt. We hang on to the ones of the wilderness. And we let those feelings and those emotions define us. They're not who we are. So Daryl's an epistle of Christ now. He wrote a book. I read it twice. <clears throat> He's an epistle of Christ. God has rewritten his story and is rewriting his story because he's an epistle of Christ. He knows God lives in him. God's rewriting his story. He is determining his own chapters. We all have a story. When I start to listen to people's stories, I'm astounded how God came into their story, how good he is, what a wonderful father he is, how merciful he is. So God's a beautifier of hearts. Give him your heart this week and let him beautify your heart. The Junction Church welcomes others without judgment. That's our foundation. Without judgment. Jesus, help me. Without judgment. And holds a safe place for each person to journey authentically with God. Help me, Jesus. That's the person I want to be. That's a principle and a value of this house, of my family, of my workplace of my outlaws, so they become in-laws. Help me, Jesus. By showing mercy, you take dominion over judgment. You want to see the Kootenays not be religious? Take dominion over judgment. You want to see the Kootenays not live in the spirit of the world? Take dominion over judgment with you first. Because when you come as mercy, all those other strongholds just fall. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
I'm not looking for what's wrong. You could write a book about what's wrong right now. <laughs> about everything you see, right? God's not interested. He's interested in you being like him. You manifesting. For he made Jesus, who knew, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. When you get up every morning, mercy's new every morning, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You've been made righteous. You're not trying to do righteousness. You're not trying to get rid of condemnation. You're not trying to get forgiveness. You are already clean. You are already forgiven. You've got to remind yourself every day, if his mercy's new every morning, there's something I need every morning. When's the last time you know that you know that you know you received mercy? So then go back to God and say, wow. I don't know the last time I had a mercy encounter. But this year, I was being cornered into a place of judgment and God said to me, you're standing on dangerous ground. I was like, I am. Because I was trying to be coerced into judgment. I don't want to stand on shaky ground. I want to stand mercy in me, unmovable. The kingdom of God in me, unmovable. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Judgment, blame is being shaken. Accusation is being shaken. Don't be shocked when it comes out of you. You say, whoa, I didn't know that was there. Whoa, you obviously you opened up a door to some room in my heart and I didn't know that was there. Thank you, Jesus. You brought it to the light. Help me, Jesus. I ask for your mercy. But don't leave the place that you're already righteous. I'm already clean. He's just growing you up. That's all. He's making you a tree. Your tree. We're all trees. We're the planting of the Lord. He's making you to give fruit. I'm going to give fruit. I can't do fruit. How's that working for you? I can't do fruit. I can't do mercy. I can't do goodness. I can't do kindness. I can't do those things. Those are Holy Spirit fruits. So I need to eat the fruit of that first with God. Because there's seed in the fruit. And then I've got fruit to give. Now they have seed. And now they've got fruit to give. And that's how, that's how the world comes to the, to the love of Christ. And so <clears throat> the righteous cross, our righteous Savior, he made us righteous. You're not a sinner saved by grace. On the day that you judge somebody, you're not a sinner saved by grace. Would Jesus say that? No. I brought a stronghold of thoughts with me. I brought some thoughts with me that used to define me in the past or define others in the past. But today is mercy's new, and I'm just going to give those things to God, and I'm going to receive his mindset. I'm going to receive love for my father, for my mother, for my brothers and my sisters. It's a God thing. You can't do it. You can't pretend it. And so think of, think of Saul when he became Paul. God just shows up with, he just shows up in your life. He just showed up in Saul, who was killing Christians. I, wonder, I always say to God, who prayed for him? Who prayed that you would remove him, kill him? And who prayed for his salvation? Because you can come, you can come into a place of grace where you hate religion. But all you're doing is, really, you're not separating it from people, and you start to hate people. So he saw the light because his eyes were full of judgment. The lens of his soul was judgment. But God made his soul light, that all he could see was through light. I'm a child of light. I live in the light. I give light. So how many times do you forgive? Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? Because a man, it never stops. 
just seems to never end. If it ain't one brother, it's another one. So how many times should I forgive them? Seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, 70, seven times, but 70 times seven. Seven is the number of perfection because there's 70 nations, there's 70 sons of Noah. You forgive everyone all the time, everywhere, every day. That's why his mercy is new every morning. That's my Jesus help me prayer. <laughs> Jesus help me, right? Forgiveness. Why do I get mercy new every morning? Because I can't forgive them. I think I have, but when I see them, I know I haven't. So, God, you're perfecting mercy in me. It's in my DNA and it's growing. Don't judge yourself when you judge. Forgive yourself. His mercy is near you every morning. A righteous man. This is a righteous man. This is a God man. This is in Proverbs. A righteous man falls seven times. Why? Because God will never stop picking him up. God will never stop picking us up. Even if we fall, he'll perfect picking us up. He'll perfect restoring us. This is what God's doing. So practice this. You know, I really believe when we come in here, there's a both and. There's, there's the power of your relationships that might be one person, it might be two people, you might have a small circle, you might have a group, you might, it might be your marriage, a small group, but you're connecting with God. And those are people that are going to hold you up. Those are the people that are going to bring you to be fully accepted in the beloved. Those are the people that believe in you. Those are, those are the people that will never give up on you. And this is a both and. That's got to, have, this got to be here and out there because we can't be different here than we are out there. And actually what happens out there in our private time, we bring in here. So what we do in our private time, we bring in here and we're getting shaken. That means in my private time, I need to say, here's my heart, Lord. I need your mercy. Help me, help me, help me, help me. He loves to show up. And so out of COVID, there's, there's coming connection. Lyle shared a word about connection. Very powerful word right now. God's connecting you because the move of God will not happen without connection. Because before we did it with God, here I am. But now it's we. Now it's me. It's we. We are the family of God. So God's looking for those that will step into that. Because you've got to step into it even if it's fearful, if it's scary, even if you don't want to, because people are scary. You've been hurt. You've been hurt in family. You've been hurt in church. And so God wants you to step into connections. And he wants you to find that place where Jesus is center, where mercy is center, where grace is center. And they say out of COVID that, that social connection is as good for health as quitting smoking and exercising more. Because if you're cut off from the body, we go into the promised land together. Well, I'm going into the promised land. Are you connected? No. Good luck. We're going in together. We are the body of Christ. It's time to like ourselves and like the body, like the church. I love the church. I've been mortally wounded in the church. Absolutely, mortally, mortally wounded. I've been rejected and abandoned, kicked out. And I've gone back to those people and brought them gifts. The measure of our love is love without measure. Because that's what I believe. And I'll fight for my heart for that because I know God's got that in my heart. But sometimes I have to fight to receive. So let your fight be to receive. So find, ask God for divine connections. Ask, ask God for purpose connections. Ask God for connections that are going to make you come alive. 
and that you can make others come alive. This is what it's about right now. And so you're going to make a difference in your community because this is both and. This isn't just everybody comes in here to make a difference. This is everybody goes out to where they live and you're making a difference. Whether it's in the job or your neighbors or your family or your marriage, God wants you to pour out what you don't have because vapors start on the earth and they go up and they form rain clouds and then rain comes down. If you give a son giving what he didn't have, what wasn't given to him, is vapors poured out on the earth. And then God just rains down. The Father rains down. Oh, I'm going to rain right there. I'm going to rain right there. Giving what he, doesn't, he didn't even receive. So let this be the season that you're going to give out of what you have not even received. And you watch God just go the extra mile for you. Because you gave out of your pain. You gave out of your rejection. You gave out of your abuse. This is the time right now. So God's saying, be ready to find yourself in a new place. Are you ready to find yourself in the unknown? I'm ready. I'm ready for this. It's a new day and I make it new. Discover me in this new day. All things will be made new for you. The past is over. This is a day of mercy for you. I'm bringing waves of mercy. Just say yes. Thank you. Thank you. If it's just a good word and a nice word, nothing will ever change in your heart. This isn't about the head. This is about the heart. I brought my son, the most merciful lamb of God, and that means a new day for my people. His mercy is new every morning. Today is a new day. We are now covenant people. So I'm saying, discover my mercy, discover me today, and all things will be made new. That's God's promise. So even in the midst of all these things, have you heard people's testimonies? Have you heard the things that they've come out of? Get to know people's testimonies. When I hear them, I'm astounded because their countenance is full of joy. And they've got, but God, yes, this is my testimony. Yes, this happened. Listen to Daryl's. Yes, this happened. Yes, this truly was a reality in my life. But I'm not a victim. I'm not the result of my past. That's not who I am. That does not define me. What, happens, what happened to me in the church did not define me. I love the church. I love the body of Christ. Get to know me. You'll find out how much I love the church. I love her. She's beautiful because she's you. She's precious because she's each one of you. In the midst of all these things, everything that's happened to you, we triumph over them all. That's the promise. For God has made us more than conquerors. You have been made, you have created by your creator to be more than a conqueror. You've been created to conquer for others to go forth on the path and put your hand back for others to walk into that place where they are made to be more than conquerors. He demonstrated his love. His, our, to, his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with confidence. Can't change my mind. God's going to triumph over everything in my life. And if he doesn't, he's the father of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Israel. He's the father of the generations and he sees them as one. So he's just increasing in every generation. I live with confidence. I know who he is. You can't change my mind. He's merciful. He's merciful. And there's nothing, there's nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Show up like that in someone's life. 
There's nothing in the universe that's going to separate you from the love of God, the love of Daddy. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. Ask Angel. <laughs> death was staring her in the face. Ask people that have gone through death experiences. They died. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There's no power above us or beneath us. There's no power that can ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. It is finished and it is written. This is a new day. You can make a new chapter today just by letting him love you, just by letting him fill you with mercy. He's rewriting your story. You're an epistle of Christ. You're the testimony of Jesus Christ in the earth. You're the testimony of mercy to those that have judged you. I'm a weapon of mercy to judgment that came against me. I couldn't do it, but God Christ in me did it. So I bless you. I bless you to be weapons. I bless you to be a weapon in the hand of God, a weapon of life. I bless you. I speak a release, a breakthrough from the inside out, from the seed of Christ in you, from your very bones, the very DNA of your Father in you, to be released, that there's a breakthrough of mercy that is flooding the Kootenays, flooding you, flooding your family, flooding the church, just a flood. Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord came in. Ha, not the enemy, that like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord come into your life and come into your family and come into the church. God, we're trusting you. You watch over your word to perform it. How great are you? Your word creates life. Mercy in us creates a path of mercy. It creates a standing place of mercy for those that feel judged. I thank you for the womb of your spirit that we live in the womb of your spirit and you're birthing sons and daughters of grace in this house that can say, I am no victim. <laughs> I am the son, the daughter, the child of a triumphant king. I may have come from tragedy, but I triumph because of the love of daddy. So I bless every person in this house to have a testimony of look what the Lord has done. I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.